may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome to the view from the ninny sponsored by Terrace Badger Terrace Badger started in 2022 and they create great custom design t-shirts Based on football clubs and songs sung on terraces We're proud to partner with a locally run business And you can get 15% off at terracebadger.com with the code VFTN15. And it's another uneventful episode of The View from the Ninian brought to you in association with Terrace Badger. For your 15% off on all Terrace Badger goods, use the code VFTN15. That's VFTN15 on terracebadger.com. Since they've started sponsoring us, it's all gone to pot. I'm only joking. It was always going to pot. I'm joined as usual by Brent Price and Tom Phillips. Not sure I got my words out correctly there by the look on the boys' faces. Ben, Brent how Price. are you? <laughs> yeah, Brent Price, Tom Phillips. It's as bad as being called Brian Prince on TalkSport a few years ago. <laughs> that was pretty good, actually. I think we should go back to referring to you to that. Uh, ben, have you got over that or are you still bitter? I'm, st- I'm still bitter. The fact it was Jason Cundy and Mark Goldstein really sticks in my craw as well. Well, it's because Jason Cundy's thick as shit. Tom, how are you? Very well, thank you very much, Ben. How are you? Yeah, terrific. Um, Not a lot to talk about on this podcast. Not a lot has changed in the last week, but we'll give it a bloody good go of trying to find some topics to talk about. Ben, it feels silly to have to talk about a game of football because it largely feels irrelevant now because of everything that's happened since then. Mark Hudson being sacked for those who've been living under a rock. But Ben, let us talk about Wigan briefly. I think the first thing I've got here is that it was a shit game of football. It was horrific. It really, really was bad. It, um, especially that first half. And I feel like I've said it a few times this season of like it was one of the worst football like halves of football I've ever seen. But something's gonna have to come really close to beat that for such poor quality from two really poor sides. Wigan came in with a game plan of just causing disruption and trying to stop anything from happening. And fair play to them, Cardiff played into their hands, and nothing happened for forty-five minutes other than. Uh, Simpson, I, I still can't work out how his head bled that much, but got a cut across his forehead that made Ric Flair at like Starcast in like 1986 look tame. It was a proper gusher. Uh, for anyone out there who doesn't know wrestling, I don't know what Ben's talking about either, but I'm assuming he had a really big cut on his head. Yeah, he cut a lot, and then there was just loads of blood. And yeah, that was the most exciting thing of the half. Um, uh, Tom, 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 why are we so bad at football? Oh, it's atrocious, man, isn't it? And it's just, but defensively, we're okay. We've said this before, but we just can't. We just shit our pants in the last five minutes of the moment, it seems. But it's just, we're so drab as well. It's not just the results, it's just nothing exciting happened. I like Michael Perlman's intro on the BBC. It sums up the game perfectly. It's like, Will Keane's dramatic late equaliser rescued a point for Wigan. <laughs> at Cardiff City Stadium, which uh, was it? The worst attack in the championship is held by the worst defence in a one-all draw. <laughs> and, like, fucking sums it up perfectly. Just two bad teams of football. And like we just need to drag teams to our level now as well. It's not them like oh, I just Yeah, I we're not meeting it. in the middle, are we? We're just being no. we're, we're going to whatever level we're against at. Um Ben, I I I rewatched the highlights a couple of times since yesterday. Um I I, I saw the highlights that the Cardiff City uh, official YouTube account put out. I mean, if they were the highlights, I think it was an Alsop mistake, you know, a, a, a very weak chance for Wigan a couple of times and then the goals. I mean, it, if you can't even make a game look good in a two-minute package of highlights, then it must have been a bad game of football. Yeah, it feels like what the club should have done if they had anything about them was, do you remember a few years ago, was it Dunfermline? Set, put like there was like a nil-nil game and they were like highlights was the full, this was the kickoff and then the full-time whistle yeah. and that was it. Yeah, it, like other than the goals, they could have just done that, and that would have summed up the game up perfectly. Because I it was just drab. It was nothing like the two. Like one of the main standouts was Stephen Colker, who I completely forgot that Wigan had signed. Yeah, like he was sort of made to look really impressive, and that's a worry. The fact that one sort of one Wigan have conceded four goals and four goals in each of the last three games come to us, and they very nearly escaped the clean sheet. Yeah, that would have been very typically Cardiff, wouldn't it? I think Cardiff were always a club that, like, if a player hadn't scored in 10 games, they would invariably score against us. And it felt like Wigan were going to turn it around against us. But Ben, they didn't, did they? It was only a one-all draw. Yeah, but it's, it's just... <laughs> it was it's a bad game felt, of football. I thought, 
it was weird. You sort of come away from it in like the 95th minute. Um, you sort of looking at the table going, that's not a bad three points. Like we've got away with one there. And then we can arguably deservedly put out a point. So mm-hmm. it's not like we are, we we were robbed of anything and people can claim it was a penalty on Philogene. I don't think it was. I think he was looking for it. He just sort of ran into a blind alley and sort of thought, if I don't throw myself to the floor and try and get a penalty, I don't know what else to do. Um, yeah, it was two really poor sides. And sort of that comfort we have of three teams being worse than us, each game we play, especially against the teams in and around us, I think, shit, they're not worse than us. Yeah, no. Every every other team's getting better around us, it seems. Um, Tom, let's let's talk about the only good bit of quality. Uh, Callum O'Dowd's finish. Um, it, it seems to be a kind of recurring theme, really, that, that O'Dowd is the player. But you know, he's either assisting, scoring. He's our only good player. It feels like. Um, it was a lovely finish, wasn't it? Yeah, lovely finish. Composure from our only dependable player. Like we've been crying out for, you know, a bit of composure from anyone in that squad and he's, he's literally the only person who's showing it at the moment anything that we do well he's involved in um, and if it wasn't for him we'd be in a hell of a lot worse situation than we currently are now I feel like he's rescued us a few times because that game to be honest with you if we'd lost that game I don't think we could have complained I thought they were mm. better than us um, apart from apart from Odauda really he, he, he's just quality isn't he we're very very lucky to have good him. for us yeah and like we've said before um we were quite underwhelmed when he signed, but it, it, it's turned out to be one of the only gems of this season. Um, on, on your point around them probably deserving it, we dominated possession as we normally do, 60%, um, which is a weird thing to say that we normally dominate possession, but without turning it into anything. 380 odd, or 379 accurate passes, but their expected goals were 2.8 to ours one. Um, and, and Ben, even though, you know, their expected goals were two, they only scored one goal, but... <laughs> We only had ourselves to blame for the goal, didn't we? You know, there was four minutes, five minutes of out of time. We time wasted. The referee added on more time. Got to the 96th minute and it was just crap defending. I mean, crap defending for Ashley Fletcher to be able to head the ball back across and crap defending for them to be able to score. It just kind of, it was kind of Cardiff City in a moment, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that four minutes added on summed us up where we're really poor. You've got a thing where Philogene can go to the corner, so he can go to the corner, sort of waste the time there. That's fine. Like you're still the ball's still in place. So you're running down the clock in a smart way. What we decided to do instead was have all sort of waste time, which then meant the referee added on time, which then came back to bite us in the ass. Where seemingly our players' sort of body clocks went, well, that's 94 minutes. Let's switch off and did nothing. Mm. And then Wigan carried on playing. It just, yeah, like you said, it summed us up to a T. Um, switched off, no urgency, no real composure from anyone, from Olsop, from Nelson, who actually I thought had a decent game. Yeah, it's a lot of praise for Nelson on Twitter as well. So I think, you know, <laughs> considering he's so um, hated at times, he, he played well. Yeah, he was decent. It was just like a complete... And it was just all of the defensive midfield just switched off and Wigan won't score an easier goal all season. Good. I mean, it's good that we're allowing Wigan the easy goals. Um, it's what we should be doing with the people who are around us in the table. Um, I think at one point yesterday, we were up five places. By the end of the day, we have dropped a place. I think we are just one above the relegation zone now. Uh, and three Huddersfield points have, ahead. Ga- and Huddersfield Huddersfield have a game in hand. hand. We're three points ahead of Huddersfield, but them have a game in hand. Um, you know, and all of a sudden, it's looking very tight at the bottom. Um, obviously, Rotherham won yesterday with Sean Morrison picking up the Man of the Match award. Who could have seen that coming? They um, they beat Blackburn 4-0. Looks like, you know, if Rotherham turned that into a run of form, they could pull away from us. All of a sudden, there's Wigan on 25 points. They're only four points behind us. We've got Blackpool on 26 points. Huddersfield on 26 points. Us on 29 points. And we now don't have a manager. Um, I mean... It probably wasn't a surprise. There was conversations going on. That, you know, it was probably Hudson's last game, but he was sacked last night. Um, gave his post-match press conference, which was probably a bit of a, a lulled everyone into a false sense of security. Was apparently pulled into a meeting by Ken Chu. Was told that his time at Cardiff City was done as manager. Um, ben, I guess the question is, it's a fair. It, 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 it's sad because it's Mark Hudson, but it, it's it's a fair decision, isn't it? Yeah. Um... I think the most telling thing from us, as much as I love the bloke and wanted him to do well, he shouldn't have been given the job in the first place. He didn't do mm-hmm. enough as interim to be get to warrant being given that job. And it was only going to end in one way. And I f- feel 
I really do feel like a club legend once again has been thrown under the bus by shit management from those at top. Oh, for sure. And it's just, it's a really, really sad way for a club legend. One of, genuinely one of my favourite players to ever pull on the shirt for Cardiff. Um, it's a sad way for his association with the club to end because he's a bloody good bloke and didn't deserve half the crap he's had both times he's left the club. Um, Tom, 23% win percentage and four wins from about 17, 18 games. Um, it started quite brightly against Burnley, but has kind of fizzled out. Um, is there anything positive you take from his, you know, the performances that he's overseen? I think... We became hard to beat in some games. We didn't look like scoring, but we became quite hard to beat. We had a few like unbeaten runs in there, but the problem was it was all draws. I think it, it just never really got going, did it? Mm-hmm. And I, the fans didn't really believe in him. I don't think he looked like he believed in himself half the time either. And, you know, it just kind of... It was just all so meek, wasn't it, the whole tenure? Um, and like fans weren't really calling for his head or anything because no, we're, we're, we're kind of angry the board rather than the manager but and no one's really upset that he's going either it's, it's just been a meh just kind of like if I could sum it up just that noise it's just been like so average well yeah I mean what's it 18, really. 18 games this is about you know almost like what a third you know a third a third and ever so slightly more of a season um it's just I think the, the yeah, it's a mare. It's mare. It's just, it's, a, it's really weird. Like, it's such a nothing period, it feels like, yeah. right? There's no, it doesn't feel like there's many highlights. There's no like ridiculous lowlights, either, I don't think. It's just been poor, just and, continuously poor. And, and Ben, like, when, when Morrison got sacked, there was a, there was palpable shock, wasn't there? I think every, no one saw it coming. Performances hadn't necessarily been great, but we were kind of building towards something. But when Hudson got sacked last night, it was almost just kind of like, Oh well, that was probably going to happen. There was no outcry. There was no real anger. It was just almost like, yeah, sure, of course that was going to happen. Yeah, and again, it just shows that he shouldn't have had the job in the first place. It's just that the from the full time whistle, it felt like an, a sense of inevitability that he was going to go at some stage. It wasn't yeah. going to happen under Huds. I think it's felt that way for a few games now. Like no one's really expected things to change. There was only one way it was going to end. I think the only real surprise was the timing that it came because. And the last few games when a manager's been sacked, um, you look like McCarthy, he went pretty much straight after the game, but didn't give a yeah. press conference either. So everyone sort of assumed when, like you said, it was a sort of false sense of security. There. Everyone thought, well, he's given his press conference. It's not happening today. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just out with a whimper in, like Tom said, it's never like never get it going. Weird, weird time. It'll be, I feel like in a sad way, I feel like Huds will be, one of those managers you've got manage the club in like yeah. twenty years time. Not not to not to make this comparison because it's a bit unfair. It's a bit like Liz Truss, isn't he? Like people aren't really going to remember that Liz Truss was prime minister. People might not remember that Hudson was manager. In in, in it, it could be for good or bad reasons, right? You know, the net. You know, when we get relegated, then much of the season will be forgotten about in that kind of bang of relegation. If we stay up, it'll just be, let's fucking forget about the season because it was an absolute shit show. And he'll just get forgotten about because he kind of fell in the middle. Tom, you're you're kind of shaking your head. No, no, no. I I was just thinking that it was such a non-event, him being manager. It it won't really tarnish his legacy as a player. Yeah, I don't think it'll tarnish his legacy as a player Which is like the only positive I can kind of think of from it. He hasn't left being hated by the fan base. But... Like it's like yeah, whimper it was like going out on a whimper. It's exactly what it was, just limp. Um, Tom, you know when I think under Morrison, we kind of didn't really reflect on the players because it, he was building a new team. You know, under Hudson, he's been feeling out the players a little bit more. There's been a bit more time for the newer players to bed in. How much? How much responsibility do the players take for some for, for what's happened? I mean, obviously Hudson's in charge of the tactics. He's been in charge of leading them onto the pitch, but. We've we've criticised people like Sawyer's. We've criticised people like Robinson for some of the decisions he's made in games. You know, getting sent off against Swansea, storming down the tunnel in in, in the, one of some of the most recent games. How much does this fall to the players as well? Because I think up until now they're they're kind of being a bit blameless, really. Yeah, they just haven't turned up this season. There's players that you expect to turn up, put in performances who haven't done it all all year. So they've they've got to take some responsibility. But at the same time. You know, some of these players signed to be part of Morrison's project. Of course, completely. And, and they, I've now had two managers sacked. They must be wondering, what the hell? Why am I in this circus? 
why have I come here? And it was always going to take time to bed in when you bring in 17 players. But it just doesn't seem like a happy camp, does it? I it just the enjoyment doesn't really seem to be there. I can't imagine it's great to be in that dressing room. You know, you've had two like novice managers. People aren't really buying into the project. And it's just I wouldn't want to be playing football at Cardiff at the moment. I, there's not many more depressing places to play football than Cardiff City Stadium. You can tell when a club's in a good place by like, and this is going to sound really wanky and sort of like very 2020 sort of thing, but like through the social media activity of players, like if you see on Instagram, the players are mingling, they're going out together, or you see like funny things happening in the change rooms, you can see there's a good environment there. Like yeah, I, yeah. you follow all the Cardiff players on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. You don't see anything come out of, of them at the club. It feels like they're in and out as quick as possible. There's no real connection between the players because there's no good vibes there, is there? It's just all just a bit off all the way through. And like, but it's, it's to that extent as well, Ben. You know, seventy new players signed in the summer. All of a sudden, it's you. You hear people coming talking about coming into dressing rooms where there's a good vibe, and you know, there's already a an established order of things, and you kind of slot in. There would have been no established order. There'd have been no, you know, existing friendships to kind of fit around. And and a lot of the players that were there because of the what's happened in the last few years, we're still relatively new as well. People like Max Waters had been in, been out on loan. NG only came in sort of 18 months ago. So the whole thing would have been so new that those friendships probably hadn't materialised. And when people are miserable, they don't want to hang around with the people they're miserable with. Do you know what I mean? Like, why would you yeah. want to hang around with the people you're suffering with? You wouldn't want to do that, would you? No, it's um, it's just a really... It's not, I don't even think it's like you're suffering there. I think it's not a case of being a bad vibe in changing rooms. I'm just assuming there is no vibe. In no vibe. And that sometimes can be worse. Just it's just very, right? Very just plain and vanilla, and that's not going to generate anything good. There's no connection with the fans and the players at the moment either. You know, you don't look at it. There's no kind of like cult hero. There's no one that I feel like I've got a real affinity to, like you yeah. would have in past groups. It's just, there's just nothing there, is there? It's just there's nothing exciting. There's nothing to get behind, and I think that's the most frustrating thing. You're just longing for a bit of relationship with those players, with the management team. But because there's no continuity, it's really hard to generate anything. I think the players that you have the most... Like, Joe Rolls is a very private person, sort of keeps himself to himself, so you can't really build a bond that way. But the main players, sort of the fans of the connection to, we've just sent to Rotherham. Yeah. 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 It's, it's another telling just how poor of a decision that's going to be. Um, you've got players that I thought sort of would break through that. You look at NG and expect him to... He had all the characteristics of becoming like a cult hero, but he's just not really well, done like, that. And like last season, we took to McGuinness quite well, but we sent him out on loan this year. And obviously he's come back. And and I think people want to to kind of put a lot of pre not pressure, but a lot of, of stock in people like Colwell because they're the youth players and they're associated with Cardiff, but they don't play. So you can't build a relationship with them when they're on the pitch. So, um, you know, uh, Tom, we find ourselves in that strange situation where, Morrison was, re was replaced by Hudson, his coach. Uh, Hudson's now been replaced by Whitehead, who he brought on um, uh, only a couple of months ago now. Um, I mean, we could talk about the long-term replacement. Do you have any hope for Whitehead? Uh, I think he's lasted about three months in any coach coaching position he's been in. I have no idea what he brings to the club in terms of what his expertise are. How's he going to change things going into Wednesday? So by that pattern... We need Whitehead to bring in someone experienced so when he gets sacked, we'll eventually have a good manager. If Whitehead yeah, so bring in Guardiola, fucking quids in. That'd be brilliant, actually. Yeah, good idea. I don't know why we even thought of this before. We've solved it. Done. Sorted. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about him in terms of managerial side of it. That I I what's he gonna add? Is he gonna I know I know a fair bit about him, but none of it screams to me that he'd make a good coach or manager. Um, every story I've heard about him, he just sounds like a head case. Yeah, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. You we might need that. In football. We might need yeah. that at the moment. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And sort of, um, there's a couple of people that sort of know him. They've got to know him around Cardiff that I play football with. And um, yeah, he's still not quite. You think as you get older, you mature a bit. No, footballers I think still stay the same. State behave the same as they were at 18 as they do at 36. And um, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's very much embracing that lifestyle still. So, yeah, it, but it could be interesting. Great. That's all we want, to be honest. I'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Who would you bring in? 
Like, well, my next question was going to be, what's the, you know, what's the long-term plan here? Um, you know, we could talk about, I think there's a, there's a wider conversation to be had around the board and what happens next. But you, Ben, you sent around the Skybet um, names yesterday. Um, Dean Smith, uh, Chris Wilder, Neil Warnock, Liam Richardson, Leon Manning, they're all on the betting list. But I mean, Ben, do any of those names stand out to you? Warnock stands out because we just know it's an inevitability. Oh, God, I hope um, so. I, the only thing I'm sort of good about that list was that Steve Bruce was a lot further down than I thought he'd be. Yeah. Um, it seems like the kind of appointment we'd make. Um, but yeah, there's no one that I can sort of think that makes immediate sense. You go, they're the perfect fit for what we need right now. There's people you look at and go, oh, that could work. But there's no one that you're looking at going, yeah, they're the man. They're the man to come in and save this club. Because there's issues with all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, Liam Richardson, obviously, he did well to get Wigan up, but didn't exactly set the world on fire in the summer with his kind of recruitment. And basically, before he left, was moaning about how the fact the team was really poor. Liam Manning had one good year at MK Dons. Um, and then they were fucking shit this year. Wilder went to Middlesbrough, didn't have an impact. Dean Smith went to Norwich, was absolutely fucking derided there. I mean... Tom, is there anyone else? I'm not going to name. There's a Plymouth fan who listens to this podcast, and every time I mention his name, he kind of shouts at me. So I'm going to leave that one person's <laughs> name off. But Tom, is there anyone who you've seen or on the list that you're interested in? Mark Warburton, maybe. Yes, I think like he's steady, and at the he's moment, steady. We need... But then he ends up capitulating. Yeah, but we just need to be steady for a bit. We need to stay up, and I, I don't think. To be honest, we're not going to pay pay another club to take their manager. That's not no, going to no. happen. So it's it's got to be someone like him. And outside of him, I'm not really excited by any of it. I'm not sure Wilder would be the right fit at the moment, his type of character. And I think that Borough spell does worry me, despite what he did at Sheffield United. But yes, yeah, for me, Warburton, I think, is the only one that kind of makes sense. But I, I'm not sure if we're going to be that sensible. You'd think we'd have someone lined up, right? If you're going to... No, you think, but no. But no, time, yeah, it's exa- exactly that. But... No, but I think we do. I think that's the issue is it, we have someone lined up, but it's not the one, if you're thinking long-term or, or sort of anything, we're going back to short-termism, to short-termism with the senior manager. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just, it's inevitable that we see Neil Warnock back in the dugout. I don't think it'll be for Leeds, but for me, it's just it just feels inevitable that he'll be there for the next game. The next league game will be Warnock back at Cardiff City. Um and then you're back in that rut of new managers constantly because, what's he, 74 now? He's just as interested in doing a podcast and doing like crap TV appearances as he is anything else. It's not It's not the same Neil Warnock that came in and saved us a few years ago. It's a different beast and the I feel would be detrimental again. to Again, to his legacy will get tarnished and will suffer long-term again. It's, but I think it's going to happen. Um. Tom, is is the most annoying thing about all this is that obviously when we appointed Hudson, there was a slew of managers who have the right experience. You had people like Rob Edwards, who just left um, Watford. You had people like Neil Critchley, who just left Blackpool, and they were kind of knocking around for a job. But instead, we went with the cheap option, appointing Hudson. And like, it's very easy to say hindsight 2020, but there's no guarantee that, you know, Critchley isn't exactly setting the world on fire so far. And his job ended... Um, Edwards's where's Edwards ended up? Is he he's at Luton, isn't he? Luton. He's yeah. at Luton. He started turning things around. It wasn't it was it was a bit of a rocky start, rather. Um, but like it would have given us more of a chance, wouldn't it? And given us more of a, a statement for the next year or so. Definitely. I think the Rob Edwards one seemed like such a obvious fit for that time. And it, it we've, we have missed an opportunity. There wasn't a huge amount of managers around then, and there's even less now. Yeah. I think I think that's the worrying thing. Like well, you've got the likes of Dean Smith and stuff who are about now who weren't last time, but that doesn't excite me at all. And that's just the worrying thing, isn't it? Like, we've missed the boat. You know, those doors have closed on obvious fits a few months ago, and we are now left with slim pickings. And, you know, we, we've we've now paid, you know, rightly paid for the, the Salah uh, fee as well. So we're going to be completely skint at the moment. So yeah. I, do, I do worry where we're going to go with this. Um. Ben, in a week where things seemed quite optimistic, the, the Salah first payment, um, it felt like the club was getting past some of the, the issues it'd been having. We we kind of end up back at this square one where things look fucking bleak again, right? You know, and I'm thinking 
whenever you hear of these jobs, you know, a, a job like ours being available, you hear, oh, we've, we're inundated with applicants. We've had hundreds of applicants and we're working through them now. As a club, we're still a bad proposition, aren't we? We're, we're still under the FIFA embargo, as far as I know. The EFL stuff has been lifted, but FIFA, they were waiting for an update on Friday. I haven't heard any more on that. Um, we haven't got any money because, as Tom said, we've just paid for that trans- the first um, tranche of the, uh, the the Salah transfer fee. We've got dickheads in charge of the club, which we'll talk about in a bit more detail in a bit. We've got a dwindling fan base with an absolutely toxic atmosphere around the club at the moment where, where the fans are, are apathetic or angry. There's no in-between. Who's going to want to come in and manage us, really? I think we'd struggle to get applications from those dickheads that put their football manager career on their CV with that yeah. poor of an option. Um, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, no one's looking at us going, fuck, that's the dream job that is. That yeah. is the dream job. That's, that's the one for me, boys. I'm taking it. Yeah, yeah. That's the proper club for me. Well, they're what? Transfer embargo. Can you sign free agents? And yeah, bring it on, boys. Bring it on. I can do that. No. It also, you've got to sell the club as a long-term thing, and then all they've got to do is go, oh, so it's a long-term project, is it? Yeah, yeah cool. And then look at the way you we treat Steve Morrison. We've looked treated the previous managers that were coming in to do long-term things. It doesn't happen at this club. Um, it's it also, Again, we go back to it. It's, it's the restructure at the top, isn't it? Um, Glenn, yeah. Glenn did a brilliant piece talking about how clubs, sort of the well-run clubs, have that person in the board with the football knowledge and everything goes through there and when one manager leaves, they've got a shortlist ready to go after that for the next ones. It feels like when we change a manager every six weeks, we're clawing about for the next random name. Can't think of anyone, so we just look who's in the change room at the time. Well, like, the, the thing that got me, uh, I just this just occurred to me, is that, like, how short-termist are we? Is the sense that we're loaning out people like Max Waters now Without and, and then we've sacked the manager who isn't playing him. You know, I whatever you think of Max Waters, the next manager could have come in and gone, well, I've got this striker now who I can play in a certain way and got the best out of him. Max Waters has struggled, whatever you think about it. You know, it's wishful thinking, whatever way. But it's so short-termist that we're loaning out players and then sacking the manager. And the next manager is going to come in and go, well, why do we loan him out? He could have been my goal scorer. And that, that to me, just sums up exactly where we are as a club. Is that we don't, we're, we're literally working either day-to-day or week-to-week. And, you know... We're, I'll do the Twitter questions next and then we can talk about more about like the in-depth shit that's going on with the club because obviously, hey, something bad's happened. Let's beat the club with a stick again. And I always enjoy doing that. So um, we'll go through the Twitter questions and then we'll come back to to, to where we go from here. Um, right. We had a lot of Twitter questions, as you might imagine. There's a lot of anger going on um, and we can talk about it all now. Uh, the first one from the Common Bluebird seems moving on all those experienced players while eventually not bothering to, with even looking around for managers wasn't the way to go. Looking back, it started with pelts being shown the door and since then it's death by a thousand cuts. Hud's never had a chance. Shambles. Lee Peltier liked that tweet. Um, Lee Spear, we were desperate for Huds to do well. He may not have been ready to take this step up to full-time manager, but could he have turned us down? Still love the guy, and for me, all the blame rests at the feet of the usual suspects. Get Kaiser Soze in. Gareth Merritt simply says, how much time do you have, boys? Ty Jordan says, bring him in. League One, here we come. And it's Elmo. So I think we're looking at Muppets to come in and take over the club. Yes, Simon Hiss. Elmo Sesame Street, not Muppets. Sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry. Uh, sorry, facts, I wasn't. Facts. Yeah, facts are facts. Facts facts don't care about your feelings. Simon Hiscox, I don't think Hudson was ever the answer, nor Morrison with one R. Lack of foresight and a desire to tighten the belt by the board actually probably just time has brought us here. Gareth Jones, who do you think will come through the rock, paper, scissors decision process to be the next manager? Ramos at Whitehead or Gavin Chesterfield? How mad would that have been, though, Tom, for someone like Gavin Chesterfield to have gone from Barrytown to to in charge of us by, by way of kind of taking over the youth team system? I really wouldn't surprise me. Oh, no, it wouldn't would... surprise me. And yeah, it's, well, it's inevitable. It's going to happen now. No, you've said it, definitely. Uh, Win Howells. Tan wants a Champions League manager for Cymru, Cymru League pay. It should be easy to find. Brandon Arthur. What, guys, what's worse, watching Cardiff City or having to use Transport for Wales from the Valleys for the pleasure of doing so? Um, oh, Probably watching Cardiff City for me, Ben, because I like going on trains. How about you? Yeah, but Transport for Wales trains aren't good, are they? No, they're if terrible. If you get on them, they're delayed and sticky and smell of wee. So... Neither Probably better than watching Cardiff City now. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, sometimes the smell of wee can be nice if you've eaten sugar puffs. Uh, Rodri, is Tan likely to sell if we're in League One, given he won't make a profit? Liam Manning, the cheap option for the board this time. Um, Liam Manning, potentially a cheap option. Tom, he, 
is Tan ever going to sell? Is the one question. But how 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 impacted are his chances of selling if we do drop down to League One? Oh, no, we're not a proposition of someone want to take over if we drop to League One. I really, really do fear for us if we drop. And then, like you've said this before, right? Uh, some people are excited, not excited by it, but they're like, oh, perhaps it's what we need to reset on a League One, newer ways and stuff. It could be the end of us. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's so important to get this managerial appointment right. That Now, we've got to stay up. It's absolute paramount. Otherwise, we could be in big, big trouble. Reese Gilbert says, will Neil Warnock even take this job with this team? Doesn't even look like we can bring anyone in at the moment with the transfer saga. Uh, ben, it's a good point, isn't it? It doesn't feel like a Warnock team, does it? No, and that's another reason why he shouldn't come in. But I think it's, yeah, I, I, I just think it's inevitable he comes in. I think he'd take it. Whether it's the right move for him long term, I don't know. But I think he'd take it to the end of the season and piss off no matter what then. We'll come to that. David Bowman, the thing is, Tan is not going to bring someone in that wants to be wants all their own staff because Tan won't pay that money. He's going to want to find someone that will work with Whitehead and Ramasut, which will be a cheap option that no one wants. Uh, John T. Williams, lack of endeavour again. Tactically, club legend clutching at straws. Davis right wing can't cross. Atete disappointing. So frustrated. Everyone wrong with our club. Tan needs to sell. Milo Davis. Regardless of the next appointment, this is a cheery one, boys. The club is dying. There's no relationship between fans, players and club. New manager is meaningless without systemic change in the running of the club. We can't afford to go down, but I'm not sure I want another short-term appointment either. Uh, here's a question for you both. Mike TM. You're stuck in a meeting and can't go out for lunch. Who are you backing to pick up the pick you up the best meal deal, Tan, Chu, or Dalman. Um, I'm going Dalman, so I think he he is cheap, so he knows how to get the most for his money. So he would get me the innocent smoothie, the chicken triple, and probably a pack of like Max Paprika Walkers. Um, I don't trust Tan would get me a bottle of water, ready salted, and just a ham sandwich. That's my view. Tom, Ben? Problem is with Dalman, if you gave him the three quid to go and get it for you, or three forty as it is now, I don't think he'd come back. I, I think that's the last <laughs> legacy. That's point. exactly Good what point. I was thinking. Dalman's <laughs> the last choice for me. Oh God! I'd go true. I reckon he'd try hard. I, I think yeah. he'd give it a good. He's effort. a car salesman as well, isn't he? So yeah, there's no might deal. Show off, I think. So I, I think I'd go true. I ben? feel like Chu would come back with just the sandwich without realizing there's a meal deal on. <laughs> pay full price for it he'd get you a nice sandwich but you will have spent you'd have given him £3.40 he'd have come back saying you owe him 50p because he bought this sandwich um, <laughs> he bought you the most expensive sandwich not in yeah. the deal yeah Dalman <laughs> Dalman's Dalman's taking the cash and fucking off and Tan I don't think knows where Tesco is yeah so it's that issue in it so yeah Ken Chu for me God, I gave him too much credit. Leon Millard. Basically, Robinson should never be off the pitch. Atete spent more time on the wing than bullying the opposition centre-backs in the middle today. O'Dowd needs to play further forward, so get a left-back in ASAP or go with Baggin. Creative CM needed drastically. Get Doyle back. God, that's the dream. <laughs> Edward Tobin. Where do you start? Actually, it's an easy answer. The board. It's not fit for purpose. Poor decision after next with zero plan. Mismanagement at the top of the club has plunged us into this situation. We are directionless. And if they think Warnock is the answer, we are doomed. Simon Keane says, my head hurts. Tom Lang, no matter who comes in, Alsop can't start moving forward unless he's got the ball to feet. He's useless. No idea who's going to come in and take over this basket case of a club. We look devoid of ideas on and off the pitch. Mad the difference a week makes at this club every week. Every week the club is different. Um, Bluebird Snoop. Um, I don't know why that name spun me. I like Mark and I'm gutted it wasn't working, but we are not in a position to gamble and wait for things to get better. But we need a manager that's younger and experienced that can motivate players and bring good backroom staff because our staff failed both Morrison and Hudson. Um, <clears throat> Sam Hill. Board looking to fluke promotion like they did with Neil Warnock. Too many poor managerial appointments and poor decisions only making us go one way. I liked the vision of Morrison and I feel Hudge tried his best to turn a sinking ship. So predictable to look backwards and clamber for Neil Warnock. Alan Griffith. Warnock in. Keep Warnock in, keep us up, but actually have a plan for the end of the season for once to bring in someone to carry out the plan we had to begin with. Um, Josh, uh, Antel Dunning, does does even Tan have does even Tan have even Tank even Tank does a Tank have more direction than the club? Why aren't there protests again? Is everyone just finally done and not even bothered if we go down into admin? Tom, we've talked about this at length, like, and we'll talk about it at length at the end. But it just feels like there's no protest because people just don't care. People yeah. are apathetic. That's what it is. Yeah. We've said it 
over and over again. It's not anger. It's just like just we can't be bothered with it anymore. And I think that's the worrying thing, isn't it? I think we will start to see a bit more anger now. Um, I'm not sure if it'll mobilise as a proper protest or not, but I think I think you'll start to see some tan out banners popping up around the stadium um, for the first time for a while. Sean Collins, who's next, my vote would be Ishmael, but I think Warnock may be the best choice as I'm not sure if other managers would touch us. With the position we are in, we need to use the quality we have. Riles isn't influ- influencing games at all. He's our captain, but I would choose Rhino over him. He spelt it Rhino, R-H-I-N-O, so I think a Rhino would do quite well. Uh, oh, friend- like the wrestler Rhino. Oh, that would be quite good. Or was it ideal there- for that. Was there a gladiator called Rhino as well? Yeah, I think so. It was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or you can get a no shot, rhinoplasty. Uh, friend of the pod, Ryan Marsh. Is this a good or a bad thing? I have no idea what to think anymore. Heads in the shed. Um, then I can kind of see what he means about it saying, is it a good or bad thing? Because it could be the chance for a reset, Ben. Optimism. Yeah, Josh Murphy what, back one, in, give him a chance. If one thing this club's good at is resets. I mean, it's Let's proven it time and time and time <laughs> and time again that, uh, yeah, resets work and the short-term jumping from just new manager to new manager is definitely working for us. <laughs> if you played View from the Ninian Bingo, what would it be? Be like Josh. Maybe it's time for Josh Murphy to come good. I still think Max Waters has got goals in him. Um, <laughs> this is a chance for a reset. Let's get the ethos and stuff sorted out. Um, what else would we do? I think we should Darwin's work on this. Prick. Darwin's a prick. <laughs> Uh, easy. Uh, Welsh Mafia, if we're not relegated this season, it'll be next season. Honestly, had enough to the point where I'm not sure I'll renew my risk. My season ticket, time to hit Tan in his pocket. Uh, DF was unfair to give Hudson the job when he was brought into coach. I doubt we'll get anyone good for the role, but as long as they're actually a manager, we'll all be better off. Diff MJ, I may be of a minority here that thinks our chances of relegation are still high with Warnock. He's in a retirement headspace and his football couldn't match this squad any less. Long goal kicks to who? O'Dowda. Good point. Reece Selwood, the club is in utter shambles, but nothing will change while Dalman and Chu remain at the club next season. Looking forward to the derby with Bristol Rovers next season. Good ground. Good old-fashioned ground. G's world. The Patriots have taken over the asylum. Jake Doran Hughes, clubs being driven into the ground, blind leading the blind. Uh, David Williams, nothing new but lack of understanding from foresight from those above Hudson and Morrison before. I dare to think we could get a better manager, but knowing the jokers on board, we end up going for some dinosaur, completely at odds with how we could be trying to play. Uh, Ryan Kinsey, get the money out for Darren Moore, wishful thinking. Uh, Simon Hiscox, do you think we can even make the playoffs next season in League One? Gareth Dunning, for once, not a lot to say. Shambles. Uh, Pulley 1987, but the last pod was so positive. God, it feels like a million a million years ago now. Peter Davy, so what's the plan now? Oliver Reese, think this week's podcast will be full of interesting topics and questions and should hit good numbers, but seriously, we're a basket case of a club. And he's put a photo of Frank Lampard laughing and then Frank Lampard looking sad. Um, <laughs> Stephen Harrison, are we an attractive enough proposition for a quality manager? No. No. <laughs> uh, Bluebird's past. It's pointless trying to speculate on anything because there is no plan from the board. It's just an ongoing shambles of mismanagement in every aspect of the club until they're all gone it'll never improve we'll be tasked with dealing like with, with shit like this forever k49745 hope the fucking boomer guy was giving it large yesterday <laughs> dan g i have absolutely no idea what next but let's not go backward backwards i dread to think that warnock or similar will do we need a proper football person on the board and we need to stop changing managers and i thought i left a, a, a funny one to the end from daniel morgan but he just says Swindon Town have a TikTok account for their kit man and he posts loads of behind the scenes stuff. There's so many things that the club could do to get the fans engaged, but they don't even do the minimum, like hike up the derbies. What is the solution? Do you think, Ben, what is the solution? Get rid of them all. Yeah. What? Let's take it off that card. Reset. Reset. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Right. Twitter.com forward slash VFDNinion for all your tweets. Um, This was the section I had called Where Does the Club Go From Here? And Ben... I mean, there was a constant theme throughout there, wasn't there? That it was Tan needs to sell, everything needs to be reset, and there's a lot of fans who are thinking about turning away from the club. And I've been doing the part, I was thinking about this over the last couple of days. I've been doing this podcast on and off for 12 years now, 13 years. This is 13 years since I've been doing it. And like, you know, even when we went to Red, there was some anger, but things subsided and whatever. This season, and since since Morrison's gone, really, we, we, we're kind of in this like five month period of just anger that is now slowly turning into apathy. And we're in January, Ben, you know, we now need a new manager going into a transfer window where we're not sure if we can sign any players in a month or so's time. They'll start thinking about asking for season ticket money. 
who's going to sign up for a season ticket? Like, what? You know, we we should be thinking about season tickets and all that kind of stuff. But what? Do you, what? What the fuck? The only people I can see are the people that have got like they're doing it out of blind loyalty because no one's doing this fun anymore. There are very very few if any people that go to a game on a Saturday and the football's the highlight of the day. No. Um, you, you might be going for the social reasons, seeing your friends and everything that goes with it. But right now, Cardiff City is not an attractive sort of thing in your life. Why would you spend a lot of money to put up with this? You're not going to. And it's it's proof over the last few years, constantly the numbers have dropped and dropped and dropped. And we're seeing now, I'd say we're on for comfortably the lowest average attendance in this new stadium. Yeah. Probably the lowest since what? In Park, during... I'd say early early two thousands at Ninian Park where we yeah. got thirteen fourteen thousand. It's it's that's a huge problem. And then like Dalman will pop up again this week or next week on talks and say, "Well, Vincent Tan's committed to the club. He's putting this and that in." Wish he fucking wasn't. No, but that's that's not even a flex. That's not a flex on how good of a manager of how good like of an owner he is. He's in too deep. Well, he's he's been he's been here twelve years. Yeah. It's not a flex for you to go, well, we're mismanaging so badly here. That is, Dalman's literally going on talks about and going, I'm doing such a shit job. The owner's got to chuck in three million quid. We've been here 10 years. How bad's that? It's not the flex he thinks it is that Tan's putting this money in. It's everything just built up to total shit show. Why should we continue to put putting our hard-earned money in and it's cost of living crisis as well? Um, on that point, Tom, um, it feels like, you know, We've had a few fan meetings recently, and I again, I, I think so, uh, Nigel Harris mentioned a question last time, like, what is the point of these fan meetings when it's just a couple of you know um, select people who go in? Not really much happens afterwards. They hear a few tidbits of information, they pass it along, um, and you know they try and hold the club to account, but we don't really see that the, the point. Like, it, it's it's never been more obvious, really, is it? That the fans don't matter to the club at the moment. We, we talked about it previously. You know, there's no, there's no. There's no um, relationship between fans and players. There's no relationship between fans and board. There's no relationship. There was a little bit of relationship with Hudson, but beyond that, there's no relationship with the coaching team. What What's the fucking point? If you're a fan, you're the custodian of this club. You're the person who keeps this club going with your money. But why would you spend the money when the club doesn't give you anything back? There's no respect for the fan base. No. There's no, there's no transparency when these things happen. You know, we don't find out anything. There's no communication ever. And when, and when there is, it's through TalkSport or something. They just, there's, it's just the lack of respect and it's infuriating because we, we want to care about the club. You know, we want it to go well. We, I, I'd love it if, it, you know, Tan was successful at the club, but none of it is happening and we're just treated with disdain. And to be honest, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised the social media team aren't putting much out because they probably they work in a toxic environment and can't be asked either. They, they, yeah. They're not excited about their jobs. Like it's just, it's just a horrible, horrible club to be around at the moment. And I'm, and I am, I am sick of we're just completely forgotten about whether it's ticket prices, you know, like for cup games and things like that, they're trying to fill the stadium. Whether it's communications, they, whether it's putting on some entertainment outside the ground, you've got a massive car park doing something there. To make it an attractive place to go. It's well, we just... were promised a fan zone. Yeah. Two years ago, there was a fan or just before COVID, there was a fan zone promise, and there were like plans for street food and all these cool things. That never happened. There were sort of like early communications, early concept drawings, and that died in the water. Then following from that, you look at like you're saying about the communication. I've only just realized as soon as you said that, one, the club never put a statement out about us being actually being in a transfer embargo. Yeah. No. And they've not put an official statement out about being out of like what, the transfer embargo, put paying the salary payments. That, that's what I mean about that. You know, on Friday, Mark Hudson was in his press conference saying that oh, we're, we're out of the EFL transfer embargo, or the EFL have said that the, the embargo is lifted on you, but ours was a FIFA embargo. And he said, We're waiting for an update today. He gives us a little bit of information that says an update today. And what's what's been said since? Nothing. And so it's he, not his job to do that, is it? No, of course He's it isn't. No, no. Delivering that message, it should be the chairman or the CEO who seemingly are too busy selling shit Ferraris. Yeah, that's true. It, it, it does feel like, Tom, more than ever, that we have, you know, Tan as chairman, look, he, he, we hear that he's involved, but, you know, he's he's a chairman, right? Chairmans are often, 
slightly removed from things. They're running their businesses well elsewhere. We've got Dalman and, and, and Chu, who are meant to be our CEO and and oh no, sorry, Tan's owner, Dalman's chairman, Chu is CEO. They're meant to be the people who are involved on a day-to-day basis, but it feels like they're part-time. Yeah. It feels like they're hard in it and they and they can't be asked. And my apathy is slowly turning into anger now. I've realized it during this podcast, to be honest, that I, I it feels like I might, might lose my club. And yeah. that's just frightening. Um, and we're just watching it burn at the moment. And we're not really doing much about it. And I'm just sick of it all now. They're just absolute goons, aren't they? They're like, we want more communication and we can get it from them. It's absolute nonsense as well. And it's, it's lies, empty promises. It's them saying they've got a plan, but not saying what the plan is. And there clearly isn't a plan. And it's just, it's all a joke. And it's gone on far too long. And the quicker they go, the better. But we know they're not going to go anywhere. It, it's, it's it's infuriating, absolutely infuriating. Um, the thing is, the thing that drives me that that them going is like Tan still could be a hero. And Tan, it, I don't really think Tan's the issue. No. Like he's putting money in, he sort of keeps himself quiet. The issue is he's so shitly advised the people in the day to day. Get rid of them, put a new fresh coat in, and sort of see how it goes from there. But I, th- but then I think it's so far down the line with Tan now that I, he probably wants out, but. It's just a, a vicious circle of you get rid of Tan, who comes in, we can't restart really because we're in a shit place. And it's just, yeah, just try it. Just try getting some new management. And just Tan's surely got to be looking at this going, look, it's not working with you two. We've sacked the manager constantly. Why not try it sacking the people that pick the manager? That's what I was I was just thinking, right? You know, we, we, we hear all this stuff around a lot of the decisions that are made are Tans and Tans alone. You know, I think, I think I don't know where I read it. I don't know even if it's true, but the, the Hudson sacking yesterday was apparently down to Tan. If, if it's that, if, if Tan is the person making these decisions, why isn't he questioning Tom that what Chu and Dalman are doing on a day-to-day basis or, or why he employs them? It's, it's baffling really that these two seem to get away scot-free when there are so many problems on their watch. Yeah. For someone who's meant to be a savvy businessman in Tan, you know, running multiple multiple companies yeah you would have sacked someone like this now they've they've added nothing to the club they're just causing problems and yeah it is baffling i i just i think it just shows he doesn't care anymore yeah i think you know if he cared he would have done something about it and he hasn't and like you said he's in too deep now and that's the only reason he's sticking around because he can't get out i'm sure he wants out and it just it shows that he just doesn't care it's that lack of respect again just leave those clowns in charge and let them run it into the ground because it's it's again. I guess I'm not I, so annoyed. No, I get I get for me. I had this conversation with my brother um yesterday evening. Like when it comes to Tan and selling the club, you know, what what does he he? he I, I was re- reading up on on all the the debt and things like that. I I, I worked it out basically this but basically a hundred million sunk into this club in debt that we owe Dalman and Tan. I think there was 63 on the books, more through COVID, loans that we that, that, that Dalman has given us and all that kind of stuff. So around 100 million that we owe the club. The issue, Ben, is that if Tan comes to sell the club, he's going to want all that back and then some, isn't he? So he's going to want uh, his debt paid. He's going to want money for the club that has an asset in terms of the stadium and the training ground. So is is the problem really that if Tan wants to sell, he's going to ask for too much money and that means that we've got a limited list of people who want to buy us. Yeah, but then I'm not sure how it works, but in my mind, it's sort of the case of the club's got a set value. If you've done such a shit job that you've put all this money in, you can't be going into a football club expecting to make a profit. No, no, of course. And, and that's not what I'm saying. But like that feels like the expectation from Tan, isn't it? That he wants everything back and then some. Yeah, but I just, again, I don't think he's, He's got to be realistic enough to realize that's not going to happen. That's never going to happen. Like you'd struggle to get that for us if we were sort of in the Premier League bottom half. How much? Yeah. Do, yeah. What do What did Bournemouth go for the other week? I think they went for like eighteen million or something. It wasn't like it was an obscene amount of money, like as like the sort of amount that Tan's going to be looking to. I think it's going to have to come to a case of Tan's going to have to just cut his losses. He's look. Look, it's difficult because Tan over COVID lost approximately half his wealth as well. That still got loads help. of money though, isn't he? Yeah, he's still fucking minted. But if I, lost, if I lost half my wealth, I'd be broke. If he loses half his wealth, he's still very rich. Yeah, but still, I if, if you if you lose half your wealth, you lose twenty quid. If he loses hey! half his wealth, he loses what's it? Payday soon, boys. Five hundred million. <laughs> yeah, um, but then Tom, if that's the case, then 
we're going to find ourselves in this kind of stalemate situation, aren't we? Like, we're going to want Tan out. He's going to want to recoup as much money as possible. He's not going to be able to do that. So where do we end up? We end up in a position where Tan's just sticking around. Does he restrict funds? Does he put the club into administration? Does he stop funding the club? Does he make try and make the club self-sufficient? Who fucking knows? But then it's like, how long does this go on for? It feels like they're hanging around for another fluky promotion or something. Now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where Get promoted, somebody... take all the money and then leave. Yeah, no, but that literally is their plan, though, isn't it? Their plan yeah. is, and they've said, what's your plan? Well, we want to be in the Premier League. They don't know how the fuck they're going to get to the Premier League. Their plan is Premier League, that's it. And that yeah. isn't a plan. That's an end point. First, Because the first time we got promoted, there was a plan there, right? Like, they, the, the investment was done in... Like, obviously... It the, actually did the, feel the like there was changed. a plan. Yeah. yeah. It, it was sensible business, and it was done the right way. The second time we got promoted... Well... Right, sorry, yeah. But, like, the second time was a fluke, right? It was a year that we didn't expect to achieve, and we did. Like, under Warnock, and just, like, camaraderie of players, and it just worked. But that wasn't because of good investment or anything like that, I don't think. That was just one of those stories where someone comes out of nowhere. And because that's happened once, there's that feeling that it could happen again. And that's not a way to run a football club. That's the problem. Um. You know, Ben, I think I think fans are reaching a tipping point, whether that's a tipping point into anger or apathy. You know, there's there's people suggesting that we start the protest on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. What realistically can we do to put pressure on those at the top? They don't fucking listen. They don't come to games. What can we realistically do? Is it voting with our feet, which fans are doing? You know, what 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 are the steps we can take to show the I club think- that we're not going to take this anymore? When it's, I think it's a united front. It's all the fans come together and actually work on a plan of what to do. Because we were chat, we were chatting about this this morning in the group chat, and the last time it really worked for us was the fans came together, all the groups came together, and we got us back to blue. Like there was a really like well thought out, concerted effort with the fan groups. It wasn't just a case of like these fan groups sort of going off on their own, sort of meeting with the club, and not a lot coming out. The trust doing sort of a half hour statement. It was a united front from all groups against the club and calling the club out. That seems to have stopped. The second the club bit back against the trust, the fan group seemed to have sort of fallen fallen back in line. And we can't be having that at this stage. It needs to be those sort of groups that people pay their memberships for, like places like the trust, they're there to sort of hold the club to account. And they need to do that more. It needs to start with them sort of showing some leadership. Look, it's all well and good. So people said like, oh, why don't you guys do something? Or why doesn't so-and-so do something? It needs to come from an official group affiliated with the club to really put the pressure on and do it in the right way. Because I'm not fucking good at organising stuff. I wouldn't know where to start. It's down to the people that have been elected by the members of the trust and all of that to come in and say, look, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to respond to the club in the right way. Tom, is it time for us to go out and buy a white bed sheet, get some black paint and write tan out on it? It does feel like it's getting to that point. I think like it just... It speaks volumes, right? The media coverage of this, where you've got level-headed, quite like, you know, people like Rob Phillips, for example, using terms like laughing stock. Yeah. You know, and when that's coming from someone who's followed, like, reported on Cardiff for like 30 years, you know that we are an absolute crackpot of a club, you know, and the, the tone from Glenn as well, you know, with Wales Online, exactly the same. Everyone knows how much of a joke we are now, and people aren't trying to hide it either. And, you know, these are people who've got to build a relationship with the club because... They've got to maintain it. They've got to maintain it. And if they're saying this now, then we we must be fucked. I I think, (laughs) for me, it's, it's, you know, I've been going to watch Cardiff City for fucking ever, basically, my whole life. Um, And all of a sudden, like, the joke isn't funny anymore. Like, and what I mean by that is that we've always had crackpot owners. You know, it was it Rick Wrights in the early years? You had people like uh, was that Samesh Kumar in the late nineties, who seemed like a nice guy but couldn't run a football club. A man came in, ran us into the ground. Ridsdale took over, ran us into the ground, and then you know Tan came in with 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 Dato Chan, and it felt like wow, this could be something that we've been longing for, like you know, like this this rich foreign investor who's going to take us to the next level. And instead, it's just become an even worse iteration of it, and it's taken ten, you know. The last what twelve years since I've been in charge has been a roller coaster for good and bad reasons. And now, as Rob Phillips says, it has become a laughing stock. I think he he said about Jason Perry when he heard the news that um, Hudson had been sacked, he just laughed. And like we used to revel in the nonsense of Cardiff City, we used to revel in our banter era, and now it just feels like the fans are fed up of it. It's not banter now, though, is it? It's, it's no. 
gone from that. It's gone from being funny and oh, what are we like to? I oh, know this is bad. But this like, is really bad. It's not fun. No, weirdly, the, the you know the red kit was fucking terrible and really depressing. But it was so ridiculous that it was slightly surreal. Like this mm. is like everyday nonsense, isn't it? That we're seeing. It's like it's a badly run football club in every. You know, as, as Daniel Morgan says about, like, our social media offering is shocking. We offer nothing compared to other clubs. Like, all these other accounts are doing funny stuff on TikTok. And what are we doing? I don't even we know don't have TikTok. TikTok. We don't have a TikTok account. We tried a little bit earlier in the season with YouTube. That kind of fell on its ass. We did a little bit over Christmas. We don't do anything around derby games because we know we're going to fucking lose them. We we have games against Leeds in the FA Cup, which could have been such a big thing because we beat them 20 years no ago. No one cares. And they barely mentioned it. <laughs> it's just so... I really, I, I keep having these ideas like what, what can, what can we, what can I, what can we do to kind of gather people together? And it's like, I want to do something, but I'm also so tired and so, as, as, as you know, it's, it's becoming anger, becoming apathetic, whatever it is. Like, I just, you know, it could be a lot of effort for for the club not to listen. And then where do we find ourselves? That's part of it, isn't it? It's the fact that we can scream and shout into a blue in the face. And the club just feel like no matter what, they're just going to shrug their shoulders. Legs. Yeah, and just Keep shrug their shoulders. Go and yeah, big deal. And still that's... gonna. I mean, and, and to that point, Ben, who still bought a fucking football shirt in the sale this week from Cardiff City online? Yeah. I'm wearing the shorts. All of now. us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all of us. And that's the thing. As much as we sat here and gone, this is shit. I don't really want to know anymore. We're still doing a fucking podcast about it. We're still buying stuff from the website. And we're still going to watch the game on Wednesday. It's blind loyalty, though, isn't it? That's all it is. It is blind loyalty. It feels it's like you should loyalty. do it. Like it's part of our lives. Like you're not going to walk. We'll always do this, and we and that's how owners like this get away with it, right? Because people like us who put keep putting money in clubs and stuff. Us idiots. It's what we do. But yeah. but the sad thing, it like my uncle got me into Cardiff City when I was really young. I've got a bluebird tattooed on my arm. I'll be going back like if the club folded i'd be stupid enough to sort of put money into like a phoenix of course club. yeah and i genuinely love this club and i hate that sort of the last 12 18 months we've been doing this podcast for the most part we come on and the most fun we have is talking about dodgy sauce choices on kebabs <laughs> i want to talk about football i want to talk about enjoying myself and having fun and go i went to this game the football was class had a great time yeah. the atmosphere was bouncing and there was just a really good feel I, about the I club i can see i can see where the club's going yeah look i, I don't want to come here week in week out and slag the chairman out i want to come on here and go i tell you what they're doing a great job yeah love them great blokes and i'm really delighted with how things are going wasn't wasn't it great when they came to the fan zone and gave us a nice speech and everyone got a scarf? Wasn't that nice? No, let's not, just no, find... no, no they got the scarf. Not the red scarf. Come on, mate. <laughs> let's let's, fan... let's fantasize about the nice things that could happen. Um, I don't I don't know what that is. Um, Look, we we did the away game. They yeah. put free travel on for everyone. Put, yeah. On that travel, there was pint vouchers. When we, yeah, when it... we arrived, there was a pint and a pie for all of us. That was great, wasn't it, boys? <laughs> yeah, just little bits like that. It doesn't take a lot. Like football fans are really easy pleased. But we always but, said it under Mick McCarthy. The thing that got me about Mick McCarthy was that he never came over and clapped the fans. Like, just come over and clap the fans and we'd be on your side more than we would be otherwise. Yeah, and you get so much good. There's, the fans don't want to hate the club. No. no. That's what the clubs seem to, like, forget is, like, they seem to think that this is personal and this is what we want. And it's the last thing we want. I don't want my football club making me miserable. I want my football club to be sort of, like, the highlight of my week. I, I want to go. Escape, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's not meant to be hard work. It's, 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 it's an escape leisure. from the misery. This is an escape from the misery <laughs> of the world at the moment. But it's meant to be there's... entertainment. Like, ah, oh, Christ. Um, <laughs> it's really sad, isn't it? It yeah. really is oh. fucking sad, man. <laughs> I could try and cheer you guys up with a little Wikipedia nugget. Um, oh yeah, go on. let's do it. Let's do it. I have, I haven't, I haven't done one of these for a little while, but um, I've, where is that Wikipedia page? Um, I. <laughs> I, this was a bit of a panicked one, even though I said I was going to have one. Um, you, you should get this. I think you should get this. Oh, Bollocks! It's going to be ridiculously hard again. It's not going to be ridiculously hard. It's it's it should be quite easy, <laughs> right? <laughs> On his Wikipedia page, under personal life, it says he is known for being one of the shortest players in Premier League history, standing only five feet four inches tall. Hence his popular nickname, the Mighty Atom. He was a lone player from 
a Ninian Park season. Fucking a five foot four. He is known for being one of the shortest players in Premier League history, standing at only five feet four inches tall, hence his popular nickname, the Mighty Atom. Like the second you said short, I sort of think like in my head that like, hence his nickname, I was expecting to say El Pitbull and it'd be Gary Medell. That's like exactly that. where my head was going. Yeah, and then like you know, the Mighty Atom, I'm going like, I'm thinking like Roy of the Rose from like the 1960s. Do we um, give you the season he played in? Yeah. 2006, 2007. I can't think of anyone. Talk us through your thinking, boys. There's not a lot going on in no, my that's head. What we, I can't, because <laughs> the thinking's not working. Um, there's going to be people listening to this screaming, in there? Yeah, like, I, I feel like this is when people are going to know, and we're, we're going to look like absolute mugs. I don't know. I mean, he's quite small. You might have missed him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're going to have to put us out of our misery, I think. Yeah. Uh, Alan Wright. Never have got He's that. a left-back. Alan Wright. He used to play for Aston Villa. Very short I know who, know who he is, but like I, I genuinely forgot he played for us. Yeah. I could have been here for another three years. And I How many periods did he make for us? Seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't remember. Fucking wiser, Ben, man. <laughs> he signed at the same time we signed Michael Ricketts, I think. No one who didn't bloody remember. <laughs> There's a lot of dead air in that podcast. Though, when we were thinking of that. I know he didn't sign at the same time as Michael Riggins. They've been in different seasons. Um, <laughs> listen, I panicked, all right? That hasn't it's cheered just... me up at all. Oh, well, what do you want me to like cheer you up, mate? Do you want to talk about Leeds on Wednesday? I suppose we better had. Um, I could give you the Arsenal score, cheer you up. Would that cheer you up? No, don't, because I've, I've, I've seen one thing that's happened and I want to go back to that in a minute. All right, well, let's get this podcast over so we can go watch the end of the game. <laughs> uh, watch another Leeds, club play. Leeds on Wednesday, boys. Who cares? Tom, do you care? I Yeah, I do, and I wish I didn't. Like, I'm really excited for it because I love the cup. And, and we've got a good, good, round, good draw in the fifth, fourth round if we get through. Exactly. Um, so I'm finding that as a, I don't know, a source of happiness at the moment because we're still in the cup and that's getting me through it. Uh, ben, it's going to be Dean Whitehead's first game. Uh, what's he going to do? Is he going to kind of fucking shit on the pitch? That's what I was thinking. He might do something completely mental to make it really entertaining. <laughs> um, it's something normally kicks off at Ellen Road anyway with Cardiff. So who knows? Like, I'm all for that. He does full like Gallat, like um, um, what's his name? Sunes at Galatasaray. That would be Plants a flag. Love Plants that. A flag Sam, in the bring of Sam Road. Haman out. It's Sam Haman. Yeah, look, like, that's the one time I'd be happy to see that. Fucking yeah. weirdo. So you know, sometimes that would be great entertainment. Samman, um, Tom, do you reckon he cuts his toenails? I reckon he's got someone who does it for him or bites it off for him. I reckon he's a bit of a freak. <laughs> he seems like the kind of bloke that he'd have to get like an angle grinder to get through his toenails. <laughs> That's what I yeah. was thinking. Ben, do you reckon he wears Grundies or do you reckon he wears uh, boxers, Calvin Fines? I reckon he's got proper skinny whiteies. <laughs> Oh, Sam, man. God, you were a fucking lunatic. I miss you. Um, I don't really know where to go with this because it's, it's been a pretty demoralising podcast. I think we're going to win. You couldn't, if you could have fooled me, you didn't know where to go when you were talking, asking us questions about Sam, man's fucking kegs. <laughs> I know. Who knows where I'm going next? Tom, you think we're going to win? <laughs> yeah. It'd be, I reckon it'd be typical. It'd Would be it like be quite pol- nice if we won and they sat Jesse March off the back of it? I'd take him, though. I'd take Jesse I like Jesse March a lot. He seems like a really nice guy. Yeah. yeah. He's good. It's just because he's American, people can't. People refuse to take him seriously. Oh, we'd probably turn him into a nasty bastard if he came to us, though. I wouldn't want to subject, subject him to our club. He, uh, I think he does better. He does deserve better. Ben, predictions? 2-1 uh, Cardiff. Who's scoring? Uh, Cardiff. Scott Young. Yes, yeah, Scott Young and Andy Legg. Um, Andy Legg didn't score, did he? No, it was... Um, it was uh, Kumas. Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, what Kumas? Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> my head's gone, boys. My head's gone. Ed's in the shed. Yeah. Tom, prediction? Who scoring? Uh, one, scoring? 1-0. Who did score against Leeds, though, both times he played for us in that 2005-2006 um, season, on his debut with Darren Person at, at Allen Road. I'm going to go Cardiff going to win 2-0. Um, I think both goals are going to be scored by Rinamotta. I reckon it be an own goal. I don't think we'll score properly. Off the face <laughs> of the keeper or something like that. Because that, <laughs> yeah. that sort of seemed Leeds sort of way as well. Because... I watched them against. Was it they played Villa on the weekend? On the weekend, and like they were just. Yes, they, I think so. They were properly in self-destruct mode. Fair play to them. Yeah, 
Uh, right, that's it for another upbeat episode of The View from the Ninian. Uh, we hope we've cheered you up. Uh, we haven't. I know that, but I've got to say it as like a disclaimer. Uh, Twitter.com forward slash DFT Ninian. Um, if you want to help with our therapy bills, KOFI.com forward slash DFT Ninian. <laughs> Talking about this every week is kind of getting us down a little bit. Um, we'll be back probably after the Leeds game, probably at the weekend, depending on what happened after the league game. If we hire someone, who knows when we'll be back. This week has a lot in store for Cardiff City as every week does. Thanks for joining me once again, Ben. What are you having for tea? Uh, we've got ham and dofu my potatoes. Whoa, Tom, do you know what dofu my potatoes are? Yeah, I do. Thank you. <laughs> Kidder, what are you having for tea? <laughs> I'm having ramen. Oh, <laughs> lovely stuff. I've got some chicken goujons that I'm going to do in the air fryer. Oh, All yes. the best. Have a good weekend, week, whatever. I don't know where we are anymore. See you later. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the Ninian With views from the Ninian Not shoes from the Ninian The view from the Ninian